This is a heartbreaking story of a man who lost six figures from buying the wrong business. Hi, I'm Jared Krause, host of the Buying Online Businesses podcast, and today our guest is Cody, who started out young in the aviation world and worked his way up to becoming the captain, uh, 737 captain for a major airline. Uh, And after a four-year stretch doing humanitarian work, in East Africa with his wife and four kids, Cody then transitioned into leading several entrepreneurial pursuits and now works full-time as a stock and real estate investor. Now, I just want to say a massive hats off to Cody who came on the podcast and was very vulnerable and very brave in sharing his experience buying a dud business. And it is my massive mission to help people to not have to go through an experience like this, where Cody went all in on an e-commerce business and it did not pan out very well at all. And that's due to obviously uh, not knowing what to look for when buying a business, not knowing how to spot possible risks or not even knowing you know these things even exist, these types of risks, which is what I share in this podcast episode. Firstly, Cody obviously shares his approach to buying his first online business, why he decided to go into the e-commerce space. Then we talk about what he did during his due diligence, what some of the things that he may have missed out on looking at and doing and being diligent in when doing his due diligence. Uh, And then he sort of shares, you know, what he learned um, through the process. And we sort of unpack the the process of him buying this site and, you know, how it sort of, it, it came out not being a good investment. We also talk about, you know, what, you know, why he would never go all in again uh, and what he would do differently. And then I share, you know, how people could allocate their capital and what I suggest they do when allocating the capital when buying their first business. Then I go on and share my advice on what people should be looking at and should be doing during their due diligence when buying not just their first business, but buying any business and doing especially doing due diligence on an e-commerce business. I share, you know, I share some of the things that you should be looking at during um, single source dependency, looking at Google ads, looking at expenses, looking at uh, costs for products, looking at you know, the, the hats you need to wear as an entrepreneur for an e-commerce business. And there's so much in this podcast episode around how to not buy an e-commerce business and what you could do differently. And I think that anybody that is looking to buy a business needs to hear this episode. It is incredibly valuable. It is at the expense of Cody. And I just want to say again, thank you, Cody, for being so vulnerable and open and brave enough to share your story. Now, before we dive into this episode, this is more relevant than ever. Make sure you go away and get my due diligence framework that I use and a lot of other people have used to buy businesses. We've made millions of dollars and save millions of dollars through using this framework. It's what I use and my clients use. So make sure you go away and get this that can take the guesswork out of buying a business and can prevent a lot of what has happened in Cody's story have happened to you when you're buying your first online business. So make sure you get that. Go to buyingonlinebusinesses.com forward slash free resources to get that. And we've got some other cool things on that page that you can get there too. Let's dive in. Do you want to build or grow your content website? Niche website builders have helped hundreds of people to take their content websites from a few hundred dollars per month to over tens of thousands of dollars per month with crafted content creation, buying age domains, and link building strategies. These strategies have helped people increase their traffic, authority, monthly earnings, and their website valuation too. Head to nichewebsite.builders forward slash B-O-B forward slash to get 10% off any link building or 10% more from their content creation services. That's nichewebsite.builders 
forward slash Bob forward slash. I'll put a link in the description too. Cody, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks. It's good to be here. So you reached out to me and, and it was an interesting thing that you mentioned. Uh, I thought, let's just have a quick chat. Might not even be quick, but let's just have a chat and, and see where this goes in terms of how we can highlight some of the things that you have, may have learned through your experience buying your site because it didn't turn out, it wasn't the ideal story that I usually publish about uh, in a podcast with one of my clients that's gone away and bought a business and they've done all this sort of cool stuff. Um, this is the other side of it. Let's open this up for discussion. First and foremost, why why did you want to buy an online business? Yeah, so... Um- you know, I was looking kind of from an investment standpoint and, uh, you know, I wanted, you know, a ready-made business that was available and had been built up and uh, I've run businesses before, but, you know, more brick and mortar and service type businesses. And so uh, this is my first foray into um, an online business, but I wanted something that, you know, I could run from anywhere, you know, uh, in the world. And so, you know, that got me into looking at e-commerce and, um, trying to find, you know, just the right fit that I thought, you know, would be something I can manage and, um, um, you know, that has some good cash flow and, and things like that. So I wanted to buy something that was established and set up already that had the systems in mm. place that I could just take over and kind of manage and, you know, and enjoy the cash flow from it as an investment. Cool, cool. And so why e-commerce? What, like, what made you choose e-commerce, I guess? Yeah, it just seemed like... Um, yeah, you know, some other investment type uh, podcasts and other things, you know, I'd mentioned, you know, some of the, um, you know, there, that there's more and more brokers out there that, you know, will help you to find, you know, these ready-made businesses that, uh, you know, act as an investment vehicle. And uh, so that intrigued me, you know, because, you know, I, I certainly didn't want to get back into a, a business that was physically tied to a, you know, geographical location. And so, you know, e-commerce just really appealed to me because of that. Okay, cool. And so there's a few different types of online business models that I like to explain and teach. Um, So you have, you know, content sites, then you've got e-commerce and then you've got SaaS and membership sites. They're the three main ones that I I like to explain and teach. Do you, what what made you choose e-commerce over, say, you know, these other types of business models? Yeah. You know, I looked at all the the different types or, you know, looked at several, you know, listings for different ones. And um, to be honest, just the uh, e-commerce just made the most sense to me, you know, just having a, you know, physical product that you sell online and ship to a customer, you know, just uh, seemed pretty straightforward to me. And, uh, you know, I'm not much on the, not a content creator um, things like that, but, you know, de- dealing with, you know, physical products and inventory and, um, and things like that, you know, made sense to me. And so I felt like that would be something in my wheelhouse that I can manage and, uh, and make work. Cool. All right. And have you ever been a part of a content, uh, e-commerce business before? Like, have you ever, um, known somebody that's run one or have you ever, um, helped somebody that's run one before or run one yourself? No, um, yeah, really didn't have any experience at all and um, um, didn't know anybody directly that um, had done anything like that. You know, I'd seen, um, I'd seen the power of just digital marketing through a service business that, uh, that I once ran back in Texas and, uh, 
it's all just, you know, Google AdWords and people doing the online searches, you know, for a service or, or a product, you know, and just how if you're, you know, if, if you're hitting the, the right keywords in the right market, that, uh, that that works out well. So I did have that experience, you know, I'd run, uh, well, I had other people run it for me, SEO campaigns and things like that. So I did have some experience in that, you know, just on, you know, digitally advertising something online and, and seeing the customers come in. Cool. And so what, where did you go with the process? Like how did you go about trying to find a, an, a, an e-commerce business for sale? Um, and then tell us, a, yeah, then we'll dive into due diligence, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I, I started looking at different offerings, you know, through, um, um, I looked through a couple, three different uh, brokers online that, you know, had listings for, businesses for sale. And, and so I was just uh, looking for something that kind of piqued my interest. You know, I didn't want to uh, get into something that, you know, I had no interest in. And so I found something, you know, just in the outdoors type uh, segment and uh, kind of appealed to me. And, uh, um, and, I, and I did some research, due diligence on, you know, NDAs for looking at several different things. And, um, you know, I was just, certain issues that came up. And so I passed on several that I looked into on a deeper level, but uh, and then this one came up that it was something it's like, okay, well, I've got a little bit of experience, you know, that product and, you know, it seems like it's a burgeoning market, you know, and then um, just doing the research, seeing that uh, customers were searching this product out. And so it looked like, you know, good timing uh, for, you know, what it was and, you know, where the market's going for that. And the site had just enough age to it to, you know, seem like it was credible. And the numbers look good, you know, on everything that they're reporting sales-wise and uh, growth of sales and, and all those things. So, so I kept going forward to it with it and uh, eventually, you know, made a full price offer and, um, and became owner of it. So. Cool. Okay. Good work on, on finding one. And now tell us about the... Well, I guess we should sort of explain a little bit about the business and where it's currently at now, and then we'll come back to your due diligence process and, and maybe what you've learned through this process. Because already, I mean, having a fair bit of experience and talking with people that first come to this um, space of wanting to make an income online um, and sort of replace their income or, or have a different lifestyle where they can travel and stuff like that, there's a few few things and directions that people, I believe that people should take that can set themselves up for success that may not have been taken into account when you first started researching this. But there's going to be a fair bit more that I feel will be good to understand um, after we explain where the business is at currently and and also what happened and what, what you learned through due diligence. So tell us a little bit more about like where the business is, at, where it was when you purchased it or perceived where it was when you purchased it and, and, and its performance levels now? Yeah. So, um, you know, when I'm going through the verification process and seeing sales come in through uh, the Shopify numbers, you know, and so it was easily, you know, uh, verifiable to see, hey, you know, here's these uh, the numbers, the sales, you know, and just their, uh, you know, history over the last uh, 18 months to two years. And uh, the the numbers were really good, you know. The, I mean, gross sales were coming in at you know seventy, eighty thousand, you know, pretty consistently on a monthly basis. And uh, uh, these outdoor items are high ticket items, so 
you know, the, uh, what you kept out of that was, you know, definitely small on the percentage wise, but, but still, you know, definitely profitable on, you know, what was being reportedly spent on ad spend with, uh, Google and Microsoft. So is this drop shipping, a drop shipping product? Yeah. It's a drop shipping, uh, type model for, you know, for the products being sold. Okay. And, um, you know, and so the numbers that started out strong, you know, for the, 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 um, seller, you know, had, built this site up and then i was in the process of flipping it selling it you know here uh probably 18 months after he had uh, started it and so all the numbers look good and um you know he had orders coming in on a very consistent basis and yeah and everything looked good and then so you know i had a um, process where i could take a look you know at uh, at the numbers and verify those sales are coming in and then um after that process then you know closed on the sale and, you know, I got some, you know, a couple months of support from the seller. And, uh, but then immediately just started seeing the sales drop, uh, almost immediately. And then, um, as I started looking into it further, you know, I could see that a lot of the sales that were coming in, the traffic source would be listed as unknown or something else like that. So it was, it was a little bit harder to track you know, to say, okay, well, these higher conversion sales that uh, were coming in, you know, where did the, exactly did those come from? And it, um, and to this day, it's still a mystery. This is six months later that, uh, you know, after I bought this store and, uh, you know, and I look back on past data, you know, from the previous owner and it's hard to tell, um, you know, where was that traffic coming from? At least the traffic that was converting in a high rate because, with a high ticket item, these things definitely don't convert at a high percentage, which is fine, you know, because, you know, the average order value is, is, is high, but, uh, I've just seen that, um, steadily decline, you know, since, you know, I've had the business. And so, you know, hindsight. So when you say, sorry, go on, go on and mention your hindsight. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what your hindsight was. Yeah. So yeah. hindsight, you know, I, I wish I, you know, dug, dug deeper into, okay, exactly. You know, where is, where are the conversions coming from? Especially the ones that show a, you know, higher conversion rate, you know, where are those coming from? And mm. yeah, cause it was all right there. I just failed in my part as a buyer to do the due diligence that I should have to see exactly where these sales are coming from. You know, I just saw, you know, verifiable gross income and, uh, you know, and the numbers that were coming from without knowing exactly, you know, where are these sales coming from? Yeah. And that's, and that's a tough thing. You know, it's like when you go to buy a site or a business uh, and you don't know to look for that, you just don't know, yeah. right? It's 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 not like it's your fault as well. Uh, it's just that you didn't know, and that was a circumstance. So yeah, I mean, obviously there can be some responsibility taken there, and and um, you know, educating yourself on on knowing what to what to find out and all that sort of stuff. Did you? So did you do the due diligence uh, just yourself on on the site? Yes. Um, or did you have anybody help you or look um, at I it? I did or? have um, an SEO specialist person that I'd use for my service business several years back, take a look just at Google analytics and things like that. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then also mm -hmm. just, uh, you know, do some research on market and keywords and, you know, for that particular 
type of product. And, uh, um, and yeah. so they went in and, you know, went through some things and said, no, that it looks really good. You know, is, you know, for his return on ad spend for, you know, Google shopping and Microsoft shopping ads, uh, you know, looks good, you know, for the sales that are coming into the site, you know, that return on ad spend looked good and, uh, it was high, but it was converting it enough, you know, for these high ticket items to, to, to make the numbers work, at least on a spreadsheet, you know, on, uh, on the net income. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good. To, it's, I, I think having somebody look at the site is a great way to go. Having an SEO look at it is good. Um, for why I see it being an e-commerce business, certainly having somebody be in e-commerce or have bought an e-commerce business or, you know, um, has some understanding of e-commerce in terms of it's good that they know some SEO principles and they can see the ROI and the ads and stuff like that, which is really good. But may, maybe some more specialized eyes would have been uh, good to good to have um, looking at the listing at least. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, some of the things I guess I'll just point out some of the things that can happen when we just as a learning experience for everybody listening um, is that when we're buying an e-commerce business and I see this so often uh, especially on some marketplaces uh, that are open marketplaces where people can list their own business for sale not go through a broker uh, that these the numbers can be made look really really good and sometimes they may have sold a lot of lot of uh, products but the returns may be very very high and people may not see that when they're doing their financial due diligence uh, also the what you said the unknown um, purchases who who does that come from and why in my due diligence framework I have a uh, very specific question that I like this the buyers of businesses to do during to ask the seller during their due diligence personally over a call is do they you know do they make any money outside of the business um, from their own personal relationships uh, their own personal network uh, do they do they make any sales or or income revenue from traffic and and means outside of the business other than online and that's a really i think a very very fair and important question uh to ask because sometimes we have these people that might sell a business in a particular niche and they have a big network or they have a career uh, or a previous career behind it and they just want to sell it and they don't disclose that they had uh, a lot of sales and traffic come offline or they look like they're online sales but they get directly referred to the, the site and, and make sales that way. So that's something that we, I think we should be very conscious of as well. There's a lot of things through the due diligence that we really need to check. Like I said, the return rates also uh, with drop shipping businesses, when things are returned, who handles those returns uh, in terms of uh, who wears the cost? <laughs> is it the person who has sold the goods as in the business owner? Or is it that if the product has a manufacturer's default, will the manufacturer who's shipping those products out out, uh, be liable and, and then change a product and ship a new product out. I know when I've had um, a drop shipping business before, the one that I purchased is I had ensured that the manufacturer would reimburse or refund or uh, exchange products if there was a manufacturer's defect. And that's something important to check when we're doing due diligence yeah. as well. Um, are there any other things that you think that may have been helpful to uh, understand now that you've been through the process of you know, doing due diligence uh, on your own. Any other uh, insights that you have as well? Yeah, I, I know, you, you know, definitely looking back, you know, because, you know, because, 
you know, it's a Shopify store, so I can go in and, you know, I mean, there's, you know, I can't imagine there's a way to fudge those numbers. And so it, it looks, you know, those numbers were high, you know, and looked good, you know, looked like a good mm. value on, you know, for the price he was asking. But then, um, but one thing, you know, looking back, his cost of doing business, I'm just relying on a Excel spreadsheet that he provided. Well, you know, where do those numbers come from? And so I, uh, you know, I never thought to ask for bank statements or more, you know, verifiable accounting type issues that could say, okay, well, yeah, he's bringing in this much, but how much is he really keeping? Because I was just kind of going off of a, a spreadsheet he, you know, that the uh, seller provided, you know, there's a lot of uh, room for error or just misrepresentation, you know, things like that, that, you know, I look at now and say, what, yeah, there is. what, what really was the true story, you know, behind this thing, you know, when I'm, when I'm buying it. And so, yeah, you know, I think, you know, even getting an accountant or attorney evolved, you know, cause I mean, this, this is a significant purchase for me. And, uh, and I, yes. uh, yeah, and I, uh, I kind of looked at it more as a, an investor rather than a business owner, I, I think is my issue because the, you know, the number, the return on investment, you know, looked appealing, you know, and, you know, I'm going off of, you know, he's advertising, he worked on it about 15 hours a week. And I thought, okay, well, if I factor that in and it's bringing in this net income a month, and that's, that seems like a really good deal, you know, and, uh, and mm. on the advertised numbers, it was, but yeah, but was I really getting what I was, you know, paying for and, uh, you know, not doing you know, my homework to, to, to verify those things. And then, uh, and then too, just, yeah, the, the hard thing is the hard thing is with the costs. If you don't know much about an e-commerce business, how do you know what legitimate costs and what things should cost? or what some of those costs should actually be that they have. For an e-commerce business, you should be looking at things like proof uh, that the advertising is, you know, where the advertising, how much they're spending on the advertising, looking at their Google ad campaigns, so going into Google ads and looking at their campaigns. One of the things that may have had some misreporting is through only looking at their sales through Google Analytics uh, because that can sometimes not be set up accurately. Uh, i prefer to get uh, viewers access of the Google ads account or the Facebook ads account or whatever it is myself spending a lot of money on paid marketing myself. Uh, I'm, if I'm looking at a, a e-commerce business using paid ads, I think verifying the ads and having a look at the ads, seeing which ones are the performing ads is really, really important. Also, what I like to say to people that's buying their first online business, if they're buying an e-commerce business is that if the business is heavily reliant on ads, and you're buying as a business owner, uh, never being in e-commerce before and never having run paid ads or having the experience or the skills to run those paid ads to maintain those paid ads and or exceed the results of those paid ads, then there's a risk there. Or not maybe not having somebody in your corner that you can pay as a consultant to run those ads and get the same results, if not better, then that's a risk of buying that possible business as well if you're just an investor and you don't have the skills yourself so there's one risk there that i like to highlight a lot of my clients that send me due diligence for e-commerce businesses the first question i ask is have you ever run an e-commerce business uh, and have you ever run digital marketing on this platform 
and have you got results? And if so, what were those results? And that usually is enough to deter people from buying an e-commerce business uh, if they don't have the experience and they don't know the expected results that they may get without the experience of running those ads. So I think that's something to consider as well. There's so many variables and uh, as we unfold this, you know, these layers, it's there's a lot to an e-commerce business, um, and a lot can a lot can go wrong through due diligence. It's it's hard. It's really hard to know what to check, right? Like, yeah. did you you know me talking about Google Analytics reporting versus looking into the Google Ads account? Did you did you know that that could be a thing? Sometimes people don't, right? Yeah, and no, uh, you know, like so. Of course, once I get into it, then I realize how little I know, and uh, you know, or what to look for, and so you know, and. You know, looking back, you know, I just uh, I really have to consider it's like, why did I buy this? And, uh, you know, I felt like it was a product, you know, I was familiar enough with and could get behind and get excited about. But at the end of the day, you know, then I figure out, well, I bought this because it looked like easy cash flow and not because I'm necessarily passionate about e-commerce. And so and so I kind of mm. shot myself in the foot right even before I started because, you know, you know, I bought a bit of a dud or definitely a dud, but then now that I'm in the middle of it, you know, it's hard to get passionate about something that's losing. And then also that's, you know, that I figured out now very quickly is, you know, not my, you know, passion for work, you know, um, you know, I'm definitely cut out for um, different types of investing and, and uh, business type models, but uh, probably e-commerce and drop shipping is not it for me. And, and two, you know, just in looking at those numbers, you know, I'm seeing all the, the positives to the drop shipping model and really didn't uh, consider well enough. Okay. But what are the downsides of that drop shipping, you know, and things like, you know, lack of control over inventory and lack of control over um, sometimes quality issues. And then the, you know, you mentioned the, the yeah. return processes and, you know, all the things that go into that. And uh, so, yeah, you know, and then, <laughs> you know, then so I inherit, you know, all these issues. And then, you know, so I inherit, you know, a, a bunch of angry customers because, you know, some things have been, you know, left by the wayside in the in that transition period. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and just thrown headlong into that, you know, with the with a business that starts losing sales right off the bat. Yeah, it's not fun running an e-commerce business uh, that you bought and it just being a rude awakening around, oh, you know, sometimes your product is going to take a little bit longer or it takes a little bit longer and then it arrives and it's damaged and the customer is already unhappy because it's taken longer than expected. And just the customer, like, this is the biggest reason I sold my last e-commerce business is because I just didn't want to deal with that anymore, uh, especially like you said, with the with the manufacturer having the control over when things will be sent out, uh, what how they would be sent, uh, you know, with whether insu- with insurance, with not insurance, um, if it's going to be damaged, how long it would take, you know, they obviously want to go the cheapest route, uh, <laughs> and that can that can hurt your brand and it can hurt your business, right? It's going to make them more profit, but it's going to be at an expense to you. Uh, another thing to consider when we're buying uh, an e-commerce business is two things, single source dependency on supplier. So if you buy a dropshipping business and there's only one manufacturer for all the products and they go out of business or they decide to stop discontinuing, discontinuing your main product, 
then there's the risk that well you don't you can't sell your best seller and your revenue is going to be decreased significantly another single source dependency is uh, if you have just running Google ads and your Google ads are very profitable and they have been for two years um, and you can see that when you looked at the Google ads account when you're doing your due diligence the single source dependency on just Google ads is a risk because what happens if Google changes their algorithm and your best performing ads don't work as well or provide the same returns that they were which is why I think understanding market digital marketing and paid marketing in that channel is important but also having some diversification with some other ad spend in say remarketing through Facebook and maybe Instagram Twitter LinkedIn whatever the product is um, best suited for whichever platform that may that that may lend to that niche and that product. So there's that single source dependency is a, is a scary one. Did you think about? Did you know what single source dependency was before I I guess maybe even mention it in this discussion? Um, no, um, you know it seemed like you know the site was doing so well off of primarily Google's a uh, little bit off of Microsoft Bing as well, but uh, uh, but CN, you know course he advertised that as a source oh well you can go through you know there's marketing to be done for social media channels and whatnot and uh and then too you know you don't know what you don't know but um you know it seemed like you know because i'm looking he's got good customer views all over the site and uh and i just didn't know enough to know that oh well you can go find those reviews to put up there that aren't necessarily from you know his actual customers and uh you know not you know, verifying some of those things because, and then also even asking, you know, what's your returning customer rate and things like that, which are so key, you know, to profitability. And, um, you know, just, you know, things that once I got into it and started, you know, researching it, you know, then I figured out, okay, well, this is what it takes to have a, you know, successful brand. And, and two, you know, I think that's one thing I really failed at is that, that idea of branding and, and that's a little hard with the drop shipping business, but it, it you know, but still at the end of yes, the day, yes. you still got to have some type of branding, um, you know, to make it a successful site, you know, or a store that people are going to refer their friends and family members to come back to. And just seeing that those aspects weren't there when I bought it. And so, you know, just realizing you kind of bought yeah, a house of cards yeah. that could fall down at any moment. There's there are a lot of those things uh, with with drop shipping and, and running an e-commerce business that we may not explore with every business we may not expect when we when we buy the business, which is important to understand. And this is why I think doing due diligence on a lot of businesses really helps us to understand what is involved in in the businesses we end up purchasing. So I guess I want to ask you, Cody, like how many businesses did you go through a full thorough due diligence? And what I mean by a thorough due diligence is analyzing everything. How many, how many of those business, like how many times did you do that? Yeah, I probably only looked at probably three businesses, you know, including the one I bought, you know, with, you know, diving into the, to the numbers and sales and sources and things like that. Um, and then this one, popped up kind of at the right price range and the right, you know, uh, income levels. And uh, so, and, and it was fairly newer listing. So it seemed like it was a good deal and I wanted to jump on it. So I probably rushed myself in the process to, uh, you know, get an offer in and snatch this one up because it, you know, uh, it just, it was the bright, shiny one in my eyes that, uh, oh, well, this is, you know, I think there's a good market for this. And, uh, 
you know, I could get behind this. And so, yeah, I just went down that path, you know, of thinking, oh, well, you know, it's an established business, you know, it's got verifiable gross income. And so I just went for it. And uh, yeah, but so that's, that's kind of how I ended up here. I'm really sorry. I wish, uh, I, I like wish I had been able to help in this, in this situation. Um, it's my, it's my mission and my goal to help people. And it really, it really hurts to see that, you know, this has happened to good people like you and it's, it, it can just happen um, through just not knowing and sometimes we don't know what we don't know and, you know, now you're discovering the being the owner of this of this business, you're like, wow, okay, there was, there was a lot that you, that you didn't know, right? And I just want to say thank you for being open and vulnerable and brave enough to share this with us because there's there's so much in the learning curve that you know you by you sharing this uh, is going to help so many other people and hopefully help you if you want to go again and, and and buy business if you have the strength to muster that after this and or the strength to sort of maybe change some of the things in the business that you have bought that can then can make it more profitable as well what would you say to anybody that is a a first-time buyer uh, when they're looking at, you know, purchasing their first yeah, business? Yeah, my, my counsel would be to, yeah, seek out all the advice and education that you can get, you know, because the resources are out there, uh, definitely, you know, because this, you know, there's more and more, uh, you know, business, more of a marketplace for the, the buying and selling of these type of businesses, which is a good thing. You know, I think, you know, that just provides competition and more transparency, but at the same time, you know, it's like any other investment, you've got to do your due diligence and really take a good hard look and not be in a hurry because, you know, you can get yourself in trouble, you know, which is what I, I did. You know, I've just seen the 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 value of you know even if it's hiring outside experts or but people that really know what they're they're looking for and looking at and uh, you know paying for that service you know a, a pre-buy inspection I'm not sure what you would even call it call it in this world but uh, I know that you know looking back you know I wish that I'd really dove in and, and found you know people that have been down this road before that, you know, know what to look for, what, uh, what's the right questions to ask and all those things that could have uh, saved me a lot of, uh, a lot of heartache and pain. And, um, but the good news is, I mean, you know, cause I've considered that it's like, where, do, you know, where do I go from here? And, but, uh, you've had to do it over, you know, I, I think I'd definitely start on a smaller scale and just to test it out because this, I, I went all in right off the bat with a first time, you know, ex experience in this type of business. And, and that was the wrong thing to do. I think there's something to be had for testing the waters, you know, finding, you know, a smaller investment and see how that works out and then grow it or scale it, you know, into something yeah. else later down the road. Yeah. Spot on. I think all in, I don't think, you know, what I like to tell people is that if you have say, hundred thousand dollars of capital and that's a hundred percent of of the capital that you have um i don't think it's worth spending the hundred thousand dollars i think it's worth spending anywhere up to the eighty thousand dollars and i say up to the eighty thousand dollars eighty percent range uh, for having some contingency money and then maybe if you do have you can spend up to the eighty thousand and you might buy one for forty thousand say a content site smaller site and then work out if it's 
you know, a decent one that you may like. And then if it is, then you can buy another one. And then you've got that risk diversification. The other thing that does make it hard about this is that buying a $40,000 business versus an $80,000 business, this is a very general statement to take it lightly, but some more often than not, that $80,000 business will be twice as established, twice as easy to run, twice as profitable than the $40,000 business. Um, and you may have less time that you need to spend on the income that you are actually making. So what you've done, Cody, is, is, is going all in. It's, it's made you have less work and the possibility to earn more income, uh, but the, the risk diversification uh, wasn't there. And, you know, I it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, you had a hard investment that didn't go so well i've been there uh and also you've had good ones that have done well i've, I've been there a lot and you know it doesn't matter whether it goes good or bad you're still going to do things differently and you're still going to learn um to evolve and yeah i just want to say thanks for coming on and depending on what you want to do whether you know there's something i can do to help you with this business grow it or help you buy one in the future if it's if it's a possibility, maybe we'll tune in um, and record something in the future if if that evolves and I'll keep everybody posted if that does evolve. Um, and, yeah, I want to say thank you again, Cody, for coming on and sharing. Yeah, no, I appreciate you taking the time to just listen and it just helps kind of share the story. And, you know, like I said, I, I hope it could help somebody else out, you know, to maybe uh, uh, prevent some the mistakes I made and uh, prevent some pain out there and, uh but, uh, but, you know, we, we live and grow through these experiences and, you know, it is what it is, but, you know, I think the, you know, that just education and, you know, podcasting channels like yours is, is extremely helpful, you know, for, for guys out there like me that wanting to get into this, but, uh, but yeah, you gotta be careful just like anything else. Yeah. Thanks so much. Appreciate, um, appreciate you saying that there's lots of resources out there and look <clears throat> as raw as it may be. Um, I know this has been the case in my life where I've had some real trouble in my business uh, and businesses that have been struggling as hard as that time was. Uh, in hindsight, I look back at it and go, wow, that's that really helped me a lot in everything else that I have looking forwards. Um, it really helped me grow as a business owner and as a person. So as raw as this may be for you right now, Cody, which I have no doubt it is, um, maybe in five, 10 years time, we're looking back and we're like, well, it happened for a reason. And that reason is where you're at in that future, that future version of yourself. So thanks again, Cody. And we hopefully can uh, see you in the future doing some bigger and brighter things. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I hope so.